Hi, everyone. I'm Wa. And I am Chris, and welcome to DocuSweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, honeys, but through our own lens, which, yes, can be bitter as we give this truth. Maybe it's salty as we give this truth. Maybe it's spicy as we give this truth. But at the end of the day, there will be an aftertaste, a last moment of something slightly sweet. Yay! What are we doing here, Wa? So we're here to talk about 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After, Season 7, Episode 2, Truth, Bitter Truth. Mm -hmm. I mean, the bitter truth is that Charlie is a drunk and Pam is in denial. Yes, and the bitter truth is also Yara wants to get a boob job and Jovi feels like, truthfully, he agrees. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I also hated the way he gaslighted her in this episode like a parent. It was so weird. All right. Anyways, let's just jump onto our first couple because I just love them so much. Uh, (laughs) And that is Libby and Andre. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Libby, honey. You know, just like singer of songs. You know, One, two, three, four, five. Once I caught a fish alive. Oh, London bridges falling down, falling down, falling down. I mean, hush, hush, baby, don't you cry. Mama's gonna buy you a pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just uh, let's just keep going back and forth. No theorizing. <laughs> Say, say your playmate, come out and play with me, and we'll be jolly friends. Climb up this apple tree, slide down my rainbow, into my cellar door, and we'll be jolly friends forevermore. One, two, three, four. Hey, yes. I mean, thank you, Libby, for that visual of what what one's life as a singer could be. She found a uh, so, honey. She's she's like, I got this niche. It's me. It's this voice. It's this baby. The baby can sing. Okay. <laughs> so, you know. So we start out this episode with a housewarming party that Andre and Libby are throwing. And they're so excited to have their first home. Andre's got the vacuum out. Libby's got on like a crushed velvet jewel-toned purple mm-hmm. dress, wrap dress. And they're drinking champagne. Yeah, stemless champagne. They have a whole spread. It looks like it's it was catered, but they you know the caterer did a very good job. It was like very fun catering. I love like a well placed char- uh, charcuterie and cheese board, and I felt like that person was doing it. I mean, I also feel like that caterer got paid, you know, like or I'm sorry, got like the promo of it or whatever. Later on, we'll see that they also ordered pizzas, which I thought was weird. But yeah, also Andre is very happy that he is having this housewarming party because he like wants to have like successful people at the house to like show off you know the gold back you know the gold splashes in the kitchen and stuff like that they have that like backsplash you know everything is white and gold there and i get it and he like has this immigration lawyer and he has like some guy that does the mortgage stuff you know like in this house with this like catering and then becky and buki come (laughs) (laughs) he's like yes you know i want to have people in my house to like help me with things for the future but also like don't want to hang out with like you know scumbags and Mm -hmm. i'm like wow that is like such a like a wide breadth of people in between like between like successful people and just like straight up scumbags like not even just like any kind of middle class or like blue collar individual just none there's no difference for him so uh becky and buki get there and he's like hello hello hi good happy hi come in i guess if you want to with your with your daughter and also did you notice that jen's oldest daughter is there we all know that jen's daughter is half black right that if you if you guys are watching this and you ever see a biracial child moving about the place it is jen jen has three kids her ex-husband or husband is a black man and i don't know why they do not talk about that at all it feels like the 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 last time no not at all they don't talk about it i just am peeping it as a black person on the side like who's what's happening anyway so yeah. jen and buki get there 
And Wait, Becky and Buki. So anyone who's listening to this, I want you to know that Jen is Buki. Okay. Mm-hmm. Buki is Jen. Okay. Yeah. But when I was, <laughs> but unfortunately, when I first had to learn them, I couldn't remember Jen's name. And so <laughs> Becky is like, Becky and Buki to me are like better names for these people. So if you hear Buki you, and you care, it's Jen. But at this time, it's Buki. Go on. Okay. So Becky and Buki end up talking mess about the fact that he has his, lawyer there and he's got another guy there he's like it just it just feels like that he's just doing this to show off and he's just like being fake and i'm like yeah that is what people who think like he's doing what he thinks successful people do and to a certain extent that is what successful people do is start to pull in people into their inner circle who could like do things for them and yeah. how, how who they would be more than welcome and happy to do things for in exchange like yeah. so he's basically networking and becky and buki are having a huge problem with this as though they're like the realest bitches here you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then everyone's drinking everyone's having a good time chuck comes pamela's there they're all it's it's all just like happy happy fun 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 they go upstairs for a more of a tour at least the women do for more of a tour they show the other uh, the baby's room and i chris i wasn't impressed were you at all like that baby's room is not done why is there nothing on the walls and the why is the bed looks like a like a not a real bed like i mean to me it's like why why do you why do you get a bed that like that baby is going to like not need in two seconds i don't know i I don't know kids but listen i feel like from i mean from a crib you can't you kind of like start sleep training into like a twin bed like that's the, the what we saw was basically a doll bed like i you know and but she was really into the chandelier, which is made from feathers, honey. It's not quite see a chandelier where you can like, you know, swing from it. Like it will definitely, it's made from feathers. It will just fall on you. But I also feel like, did you get that? Did you get that made off Etsy? I don't mind the chandelier. Okay. I don't mind. It's a choice. I just, the whole room isn't done. There's like nothing in the room that's done. Like, I feel like there's barren walls and like nothing makes me sadder for a kid than barren walls, either in a school setting or in a bedroom setting, which by the way, Kanye is having whole meltdowns on Twitter right now. But one thing Kanye did is like he wants his kids to go to a school that he created called Donda, you know, like in Calabasas. And he released a pictures of the kid of like the first round of kids at Donda. And they look like they are in prison camps. Like yeah. the walls of this school was like not in like a good like, first of all, there's like cables coming down and there's nothing on the walls and like they're wearing Yeezy fashions which looks like prison camp fashion like to me I was like oh my god like I'm not saying that I want you to like be like I have a girl so it's a pink room and pinks everywhere like obviously Libby would do that and we are in a world now where like you don't need to be like so hitting over the head like genderly but at the same time like give kids a little color, like give kids a little fun. Like you have all that room, honey, make one a chalkboard room, honey, paint and get some stencils with some clouds. There's so many things you can do anyway, but also don't send your kids to that Donda school. Okay. Well, yeah. So he, she shows in that room. The only thing I kept thinking about the feather chandelier was how do you clean that? You, you don't clean that. That is not like, how do you clean that? There's dust in it. You've got to just get rid of it and get a new one periodically, quarterly, if you ask me, or you just throw it away and then do something new when you get back to your senses and realize that you can't have a fucking feather chandelier in a child's room. Okay, next we go to the room that has a lot of space that Buki feels inclined to twirl in. And then there's like a little the smallest keyboard in the corner. You know what I mean? Like a like a mini keyboard in the corner. And they're like, ooh, what is this room for? And then there's a woman who is wearing a uh, off-the-shoulder leopard blouse with a short haircut. Like, think of Halle Berry in the 90s, but not black. Like, possibly just like an olive-skinned, maybe Latina or, like, Italian person. Mm-hmm. And this person is like, well... I used to be a singer. So give us a little sing, sing. And Libby's like, no, no, I'm not warm. And uh, the mom's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Libby, give us a little bit. Well, you know, you were a singer. And yeah, look at this. Look at the picture. So look at these two women side by side. And uh, the, the this is Florida fashions, everyone. There is a tribal element happening with Pamela 
that I don't agree with. And there is a the opposite end of tribal and now like a leopard print that is happening with this individual of, you know, indiscriminate <laughs> racial background. <laughs> Never mind. That's hilarious. Anyways, no. So I just am like, this is for this is Florida fashions, and I just had to point it out. It's like two extremes of the same type of woman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Libby refuses to sing, and this lady in the leopard print has something to say about that. She says, "Listen, as a semi-professional singer, at some point in my life, maybe fifteen years ago or more." I would have just sang on command because it's a hustle and you have to just be ready to sing. And as you guys know, Chris and I have already given Libby some ideas on what kind of songs that she wants to sing because she announces to everybody in that room that she wants to sing nursery rhymes. And here's my thought. Nobody asked you, like, what you wanted to sing. They were just trying to figure out what genre. And so in whatever genre you sing these nursery rhymes, you didn't have to tell us the content. You know what I'm saying? You could have just said, I want to sing country or I want to sing soft pop. And then they would have been like, okay. And then when that first drop happened, that first album drop, then we would have known. But Chris, I think you were right that she does want to sing country because on the internet's roaming around right now are is a is a is a voice of her singing, I guess, Blue Bayou. No, wait, I have I disagree with you. That's not her voice. Why do she you think Because she says it's a cover. She posted it and she put a cover I did. God, it sounds just like Leanne Rhymes, who is singing the song Blue. Like it sounds just like Leanne Rhymes. So if that is actually her, then God bless. She sounds just like Leanne Rhymes in that song. But it's that like blue, like kind of like, you know, Leanne Rhymes' biggest hit, you know, pretty much besides Coyote oh. Ugly, you know? Can't fight the moonlight. Yeah, I know that song. But no, there's another there's another like ballad of Leanne Rhymes is her most popular. It's not I Can't Live the Living Without You. It's Oh How do I Oh you're right. In the sun. I mean I can be we can sing it right now because you. I just got the chills and sound about do do let's go to Clayton. Yeah, yeah. We'll steal your husband from Brandy Glanville, and then we'll have a huge feud for years because I pretend that I'm the mom of your everything. You know, like. Anyways, that. Oh, that's a kadu. Okay, anyways, I can't. I gotta get it out of my head so I can move on. Well, with don't it. cry. Live without <laughs> you. I want to know. Shall okay. Whew. So, Florida Fashions is the last thing I'm gonna say. So, this girl wouldn't sing, and the lady judged her for it. And then she says, I know it's weird that I want to sing nursery rhymes, but there's a niche and I'm gonna fill it. And we said, Okay, Julie Andrews, you you do that. Yeah, it's interesting because just so many things. Like, A, when I hear tell people I'm a comedian, often I get people to be like, <laughs> tell me a joke. And I'm like, no. And I usually say like, oh, you, you're weird. Are you paying me right now? Oh, no? Well, then no. Because I told you it's my profession and I'm not going to do it for you for free. Now, that's a way to doing it. But also at the same time singing, it's like, girl, if you're singing nursery rhymes, you're not singing opera. Like, how warm do you have to be to like just bust out a note? Like, it is judgment. You know that people want to judge you. And this girl who was like, and this girl was judgy. She very much was like, I'm a professional. Oh, I've been singing my whole life. Like, I don't know what kind of backup singing the woman did, but you know it's backup singing. Because like, I've never heard that woman. So God bless. So, and, I, and by the way, I would also been like, okay, cool. Uh, right after me, let's hear you sing too. If you or let's harmonize. That. Wait, what do you want to do? Let's do something together. That's what she should have said. Let's do something together. Okay. Um, what do you know about women? You know, <laughs> just like No, I don't know. <laughs> what I don't know know what that would have been. First of all, A, here's the thing. It's sometimes hard to okay, harmonize wait, unless wait, you wait. know what tone and register someone's in. Because what if you're not, if you a sopra two sopranos will be like, we're both singing melody. How high can you go up? You know? <laughs> what if it was like the Madam Butterfly one? Last night I watched you sleeping. Oh, that's not Madam Butterfly. That is Miss Saigon. Madam Butterfly, Miss Saigon, different, but starts with an M. You, you have a body next to me. And then you cried out oh. something. 
The name I heard you speak was Kim. Yes, I know this was years ago. But when moonlight fills my room, I know she will return. She will return. Wah. Yeah. Ah, that was a good you one. That was like, you, you, want to do, you want to come and do Kim? I don't know Kim's part. You were giving me Tony Braxton in the last like three notes. Yeah, I can go down. I'm like, I forget that like me and Brittany are, are altos. We're natural altos, you know, but like they just make mm. us sing high. Yeah, Mostly Brittany. because I refuse to like learn how to do harmonies really well, you know. Yeah. You and you and Brittany. I mean, there's so much in common, you two. No, I know it. I've always known it. Well, okay. So <laughs> remember this show we're talking about? Cool. People are like, oh my god, these bitches have sang 17 songs. So it's like whatever. God bless. Remember that this is called docu sweeties, like docu singies. You know, that's fine. Uh, we're living our lives. Okay, so you know she doesn't want to sing and we're like girl you could have given us two notes and the girl like and that woman hates her the woman that's like a professional singer like that's not even a family friend like i don't know who she is she's not an immigration lawyer like that no she's like, george she's george the mortgage guy's wife wife yes 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 andre yeah andre wants to do business with a mortgage person so he brought the professional singer wife and the professional singer wife is like Listen, your kid's room is only mediocrely okay. However, the cheese and charcuterie plate is great. And let's hear them pipes. And she doesn't get to hear the pipes. And she wants to hear the pipes. And we all do too. Basically, so then, you know, listen, Libby gets out of it by the only way Libby's family knows how to get out of, get out of anything, which is like, let's go drinking. And you tell me right now that in this picture that Libby's mom doesn't look like she's been drinking. You know what I'm saying? Like Libby's mom's lipstick is off immediately. Like Libby's mom is a little sweaty. The hair is kind of messy. Like, you know, no wonder why Libby's mom is like, he was having an alcohol problem because I would mean that I wouldn't have one. You have one. No, you have one. So anyway, basically this is what happens. They all go back to the kitchen and have this conversation and they're like, well, this was great. Well, this is what a great party. Yeah. You know why it was great? Because Charlie was in here and the mom's like, well, he would have been fine at a housewarming party. He's like, no, he's not fine anywhere. And you're bananas. And uh, I mean, Andre, I feel like is, I like Andre for a lot of reasons because he's a dominant masculine man, honey. And he like puts his foot down and like, it's a big foot. So that's fine. But like Pamela is like telling him in his house, like, no, like you have to be friends with Charlie again. He's like, no, bitch, you're in my house that I bought and I'm the man of this house. And I'm telling you, no. And Pamela you know has a bitch no. It's so interesting because what culturally I'm watching this man yell at this woman's mother. And I think, how is Chuck not stopping this? How is Pamela's husband, who is there, but not in the scene? He's only there in the confessional. How is no other man standing up and telling Andre to watch his effing mouth about because their woman? Because Pamela's wrong. No, she is wrong. You're right, Chris. However, just like as some, like as a one, you can't tell me that if you were at an event, no matter how wrong you were, and some other man started to yell at you, especially your son-in-law, like a, a, a lesser than you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like not your equal, not your brother, not like a lesser party is now yelling at you or raising their voice or speaking that way to you and your husband doesn't come in and say something, go ahead. Yeah, if I am telling someone what to do in their own home, I'm in the wrong. I'm not, they're not at an event. They are at, in his home. And when you're in someone's home, you don't tell them what to do. If, and that's how, that's how respect is made. And she's not used, she's used to, Chuck doesn't fucking say shit and doesn't say shit about anything the entire time. He's a little pussy. And like Andre is like, you, all of you bitches are crazy. This is my home. So I will tell you, Becky and Buki and, you know, Becky Buki's mom, like, no. And if you are going to be in denial and not be on the side of me and Libby, be gone. And I don't know. I mean, listen, that family needs to be told what's what. So I'm very happy about it. You know what? It's not like I'm not happy about it. I just am like, I think Andre was right. I'm just saying like, yeah, no, I, I just can't, I can't imagine. I would be mad at my partner for not having my back in that moment and at least telling him to like watch his tone. Like I need some kind of support because I think his, I mean, and Libby did. Libby was like, like basically trying to get him to stop talking to her mom like that. And he yeah. didn't. And that's what I'm saying. Like his, 
it's like you you're not going to talk to Pamela like that even though she needs to be talked to you don't necessarily need to be hollering at her but, but anyways is calling him also an alcoholic she's oh, like yeah 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 and yeah, i think he handled that well about saying you're insulting me you're insulting me right now you know you're avocadoing for your son who is is alcoholic and i drink yes i drink how you know but you're you know if you are going to continue then i put you over in this same area with charlie fuck charlie like you know <laughs> yeah like, i feel him i just I, it still his tone was a little too it was a little too hot for me was and, it a little too shahida for you Oh, let me fucking tell. I, I we can we can jump. We can. I'm done. Wait, with them. wait, we no, we're almost old. done here. So we can go to the next couple if you want. Wait. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, basically, yeah, we would have told you what happened. Like you know, like Pamela gets really mad and it's like, oh no, Chuck is fine, or like Charlie's fine. He just drinks, and you guys drink too, and I'm drunk right now. So what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like basically that's what everyone's like. No, mom, you're wrong. And even like Becky and Buki, you're like, oh my god, we're Team Andre. It's bananas. Okay. Do you have anything to say about them? Yeah, no, nothing else to say about that. Besides, the, you're right. That was hilarious. You're right. Okay, so Let's move on to the next couple, and that's going to be Bilal and Shida, girl. Because listen, I'm gonna just—I'm not gonna do a chronological thing like I normally do. Let's just get to the heart of it. First of all, Shida is now no longer to be trusted. You might feel different, but this is why I say this <gasps> because Shahida did not come into that woman's house with rage and aggression, uh, aggression. Shida is being a Karen right now. She is trying to pit, this is like the same thing that black women get told all the time by non-black people. And so when I see another black woman creating a scenario in which Shahida came in with aggression and rage, that was the word used, rage, I'm like, oh, you are now trying to make it seem like she's just some angry American black woman. And that is not what happened. Let's run those tapes back. Like, yes, was Shahida wrong for coming into that house and trying to tell Shida what she should do? 100%, Chris, I'm not saying that. I What I'm saying is, and I thought that Shahida owed Shida an apology for overstepping the boundary. But I think that Shahida couldn't cop to the fact that she was wrong about overstepping her boundary because Shida immediately became a Karen and tried to tone police her, but then lie about the tone that came out because that was not Shahida's tone at all. She didn't come in there with rage. She didn't come in there with aggression. And Shida was not this cowed woman in the corner. She wasn't a bully. It was none of those things. And so now if I'm Shahida, I'm like, oh, if this woman will lie on me, then what is she going to do to my daughter? And what is she going to do to my kids? If she ever has any friction with any of my kids, is she going to tell Bilal that my child came in on a rage when they didn't? So now I need to stop so that Bilal understands because he and I have known each other longer. I need to look Bilal in the face and be like, you're going to have to get her because she's wrong. And I'm not the one. And then even with that, Shida tries to take the like, oh, well, you see how you're acting? You're not being a good Muslim. You see how you're behaving? Like just gaslighting the whole situation. It's If Shida felt that Shahida did come in with rage and did come in with aggression, then that is, then Shida is, is operating on a different plane of existence than me. And now you're not to be trusted because now you are, you are unable to truly read situations and you will always make the other person look like they were coming and attacking poor Shida. And it's like, no, 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 no. You can go now. Chris? I'm so happy. I'm so happy you gave your opinion because I, at the end of this, Bilal's mad at Shida and I didn't understand why. So maybe that's a version of it. But no, I will say this. When I watched that conversation, I wasn't like, oh, Shahida is being super mean to Shida. But I think for Shida, she's like, this is my home. I don't have any place else to live. This is my home. So you cannot, just like I feel like with Andre, come into my home and tell me what's what. And I think that the way that Shahida did speak to Shida wasn't warm. It wasn't warm. And it wasn't, and it was 
accusatory. So there are there are adjectives that I would describe it as being hostile. It wasn't it wasn't from a place of like sisterhood. It was definitely a hostile place, a very cold and hostile place. It's not a threatening place, you know, like there's just levels to this shit. I think that Shida probably wants a line drawn that you are not going to come into my house and tell me what's what as if it's your as as if it's your house and as as if I'm always going to cower to you because you have either kids with my ex or with your ex-husband my husband or whatnot that this is my home you had your chance if you want to say something say it and then leave but like you can't tell me that you know me that you that you know that I didn't have some my whole life in like the yoga towns and like she did say things like yeah but you have no money you know like there was just things that were said that were mean and and I feel like bullying I was on the side of Shida and after the fight when I saw so basically Shahida comes to this like coffee place and god bless finally Shida orders a tea that she really likes it's like I can drink this tea all day just like the unsweetened one she had to throw away so basically Shahida's like you know like I'm here to talk and not apologize. And, you know, Shida's like, I, you, like, you were not nice to me and you were bullied me. And then Shahida, yes, gets very upset. Now, she gets very upset in this way. And then to me, shows a tone and a demeanor and threatening her in a way, like, I'm going to come across this table that I was like, not the look, not the look. If you, I, you know, I just, I, I was on Shida's side at the end of this. And so, cause yeah, Shahida gets up and is like, who don't know who you are on the East side of San Diego is going to come out, which I was like, what the hell is the East side of South San Diego? Like, what does that look like? Okay. But God bless. Never heard of the East South side of San Diego. To me, it was, it, it, listen, I don't think it was classy. I don't think it was elegant and I don't think it was a good look. And I, I agree. I agree with Shida. It wasn't probably like, whatever. It was haram for sure in the Muslim faith. Like you can't be like, you can't just be screaming at someone in a public place, you know? And I think that if she had come with like, I'm so sorry that my tone offended you. It wasn't my play. It wasn't my intention, but she didn't. She was very defensive and she only got, and she blew the hell up. So I think that, listen, obviously I can't speak to the black woman experience. And so hearing, and I know what you're talking about, obviously Karen's a thing. And there is like a horrible abusive stereotype of black women being angry. And then that's used against them in many ways, or just to be labeled angry or something means like you're not someone who's rational, you know, and, or doesn't have a reason for any sort of thought pattern or why you were brought to this place. There's a lot of complex issues here. I get it. So, but yeah, no, I'll say from just my own watching of it, I was like, Oh my God, like, Shida almost like poked Shahida to like show her true colors or show the colors that she wanted to show her. And she, and Shida, I thought won because Shahida did and had to run off and she looked, I think really bad, but then yes, Bilal gets in this, gets up like a zombie, gets in the car, doesn't open the door for Shida or anything, gets in their car and then just won't say anything. except for the fact that he says, if he says anything right now, it's not going to be good. And then that's when I was like, Oh, Bilal wasn't happy with, or like, didn't think that Shida did good things or didn't feel like Shida like held herself well. And I thought she had, so God bless. I don't, you know, I think what it is, is Bilal is in a precarious situation. Now I'm not, I don't, I don't think that Shahida would ever pull his kids from him. I'm not saying that she's that kind of person who would threaten such things, but it is very important for Shahida and Shida to get along because what could happen to him is that he's finally found someone to love and is in love with after all this time. And he brings that person here. And now his relationship with his kids are forever affected just because maybe if the kids find out about this argument between Shida and the mother, that the kids will start to treat Shida a certain way, that there's just more things involved in this to where Shida cannot afford Neither can Bilal to have Shahida as any kind of enemy. And not to say that it would be, but I'm saying that the, unfortunately, when you marry a man who has a, 
a good relationship because the truth is is that Shida and I mean Shahida and Bilal have a good relationship and if that co-parenting relationship crumbles because Shida has created a scenario that didn't exist like I see what you're saying Chris like if you if she wanted to say I felt bullied when you came into my house and tried to tell me what to do I felt this way but calling it rage and aggression is not correct that is not true and so when you throw out in things like that especially and i'm telling you that this is shida being a foreigner black woman who has never really interact with black american women and all of a sudden now we're angry like the woman doesn't have to have like if that were me and someone had told me that i came to them with rage and aggression I would be so beside myself. Now, would I show that on TV? Would I show that to the person? No, I wouldn't because I've had therapy. But maybe, you know, so as far as like South Diego, what she was saying was that Diego must be a part of a, a, an area in Kansas City or the surrounding whatever. And that she did come from a rough and tumble, regardless of your religion like your outside influences you and so to then try to throw the religion against her like yes i know christians do it all the time we're like you're not being a good christian right now i'm like you know maybe she wasn't being a good muslim at that moment too but now shida can is not to be trusted because shida is now telling lies she's she's creating turmoil where there where there is turmoil but she's making it about something else and then to say i was gonna ban you like I, I know that I know that Shahida must have felt like I have been I helped this man pick this house out for you two. like, what do you mean you're going to ban me from the place that my children live? Like, this is not these what you're saying is like what Shahida Shida is saying to Shahida is crazy. Like you can't even if you really felt that those are fighting words. And so I know that that's what Bilal was feeling is that. Shida wasn't doing everything that she could to right. not, yeah, because she's putting Bilal in a precarious situation where he has to choose her over his children. And that is not fair. You have to understand that, unfortunately, you are with a man who has two kids with somebody. So you cannot do that. Unless Shahida's being like, was raunchy and, and rude to Bilal from the beginning when you first, before you even got there. But these two have a decent relationship and you're about to split that because you don't understand how emotions work and you're trying to like be the victim in this moment. Now I know people are going to disagree with me because you're right. I do think that Shahida was wrong, but the way that Shahida's tactic at getting the world to see that is built on a lie. And that's the part I have a problem with. So yeah, I mean, I could see, I, I was mad that Bilal didn't allow himself to even show a modicum of of love afterwards to Shida and that she had to like walk outside cold by herself and that he was very very quiet but he's expecting more maturity out of her as his partner and she's not giving it because she's insecure so that's my non-therapy degree have an ass take I wonder if they started shooting with like all the couples from the last season of 90 Day Fiance. And then when this scene happened, which seems like early on in the seasons, rolling season two, I wonder if this scene like, like cinched them being on the show because there's a lot to unpack here. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of drama here and it's sustaining. Yeah. I mean, I wrote in the notes that this is actually before the tell all. So they go into the tell all already having had this interaction yeah yeah you're right uh-huh and so what we saw was the aftermath where at least to a certain extent they came together but that's why shida didn't look at her and that's why shahida was just like well that wasn't my experience and she did apologize to her and it looks like shida still is not willing to accept it because she just that wasn't the right time for shahida to, to give us this drama for, for you know and like I said, I think Shida's right for feeling some type of way, but she cannot allow it to impede his relationship with his ex-wife who he's co-parenting with. She can't, she should not do that. Even if she's, even if she's wrong, there's only a couple more years, right? She just has to last like six more years, making it work 
with Shahida. And then after that, she didn't have to speak to Shahida for the rest of her their lives together. It's hard because like I feel like for both people, I feel like I would have if I was in both situations, I would re- I would have removed myself from the situation. Like if I was Shahida and I sat down and someone, I, you know, someone started labeling me something crazy, I think I'd be like. And I would <laughs> leave, you know, like, because if you, if, if the perception's already that skewed, then I'm like, nothing I'm going to, it's not going to be better with anything I say, you know, like, I think I would literally be like, oh, cool. Enjoy your fucking tea. Bye. You know, like, and I think that if I was Shida and I had the conversation with Shahida and I felt like this was my home and this woman's trying to come in and tell me what the hell to do, I think I'd be like, this conversation's between me and my husband. Thank you. Oh, this conversation yeah. between me and my husband. Thank you. Yeah. And I just it's don't think either of those. Pe- Sorry. I don't think that either of these people have the, the like, not emotion, like, they don't have the therapy, their therapy background to be able to do that, to truly know, like, the things that you need to do in order to get that happen. I mean, the craziest part of it is also that Bilal just started to, like, speak in Arabic like just and at some point I was like I didn't realize what was happening what I was hearing because I was like is he doing an incantation it was like double double boil in trouble double double and I'm just like and then I was like it I didn't know and then I was looking at the words on the tv and I was like oh my god he's like speaking a prayer or something I seek I seek I seek and I'm like also he kept saying I seek I seek I seek over and over again to the point where I was like oh you don't know you don't know what the words mean that you're saying. You just know that this this saying means this, right? Like it's not like he was like peace, like us, like assalamu alaikum. Like he wasn't saying the thing that he thought he was meaning to say. He just like kept, I don't know. Did you notice that? I I wish I wish I would have wrote it down. I know it sounds weird. I hate sound. Okay, God bless him. Like it's weird as it's weird to hear like Arabic in a very American accent. Right. Like he when you're like, yeah, he is speaking air. Like, I don't even know. I don't even recognize that it's Arabic. You know, like I'm like what you're I mean, it's like the, I don't know. It's like I mean, it's the same as me being like me and Kanto Legato. No, me and Kanto Legato. <laughs> me, like you're just like you don't need, like a Spanish person's not going to want to hear that. And like, will they even write? I mean, like, they're like, yeah, this white person is speaking Spanish with the most obnoxious accent that I can't even deal with it, you know? Yeah, and, and then on top of that, he gato, 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 over and over again. And you're like, stop saying cat. cat. <laughs> <laughs> stop saying that. If you don't know what the whole, if you don't know what the words are in the whole phrase, then stop because you're just saying, I seek, I seek, I seek over to, over and over again. Okay, we can move on. Sorry, I yawned. So that's how we know to move on. Uh huh. Yeah. What do you want? Who do you want to move on to? Let's move on to Soldier Boy and Kim. Okay. I don't even know what happened. What happened? I don't have pictures of them, do I? Yeah, you. Well, we'll find them. Uh uh-huh, Yeah. Is that it? Nope. Okay. Great. <laughs> who are those people? <laughs> Never know. I don't know those people. But listen, from this, but that looked. I was like, he looked a little white in that picture. But that looks like. <laughs> appropriate for her <laughs> you know i didn't know i'm gonna go ahead and say we don't have a picture like because they're definitely who are first of all who the hell are these people i don't even those are the uk these are the uk people i know but she has some these the are the 90 day fiance uk which is crazy you're not watching it because it's so freaking good Woo! Uh, here's this we've got oh. next, couple, next couple that we're going to talk about is soldier boy and kimbali this was a little boring segment so let's just get through it Oh, sorry. I like the fact that it starts and like you knew it was like me Arabic because it was like you just hear that like typical like <laughs> and then it's like drop drop it low for me, baby. Drop it low yeah. for me, baby. <laughs> right and in the back. Like, like he's like <laughs> And they were just like okay, so wait, you decide you decided to show them praying. But then at the same time, you're going to play a drop it like like it's hot or drop it low for me, baby, soldier boy song. Well, yeah, so but he's really dropping just- it low. Why? He is dropping it low. He's on his knees and praying. He's dropping it low. I mean, that right. made sense to me. You're right. Okay. You're right. Thank you. 
But yeah, he basically is like, you know, I'm just like, yes, I'm Muslim, but I'm also like, you know, a superstar. And my my goal is to be the biggest star in the world, just like Michael Jackson. We're like, it is was that always like, were you always a Michael Jackson fan? Or is that now like your thing? Because, you know, it's your booze thing. You know, I don't know. Also, like, you don't know what that entails. You don't. How, how you old didn't... is he? Like what? Yeah, like Soldier Boy wasn't even alive when Michael Jackson was like the biggest thing in the world, right? No, no, he's thirty three. But what I'm saying is that to aspire to be the most famous man in the world, you can't do anything. Like you, why would anybody want that? You're a crazy person. Why don't you just just aspire to be Kim Bali's husband and come to the U.S. Just aspire. Keep it. Keep it real realistic. So. He says that the reason why he loves that lady is because he because of the love, the loyalty and the support, not for the beauty or the sexy. And I'm like, because she is neither. She is not the beauty nor the sexy. So that is why you love her for the loyalty and the and the support. He has a conversation with his older brother because he wants his older brother to be on his side when he goes to his mother to ask if he is able to ask Kimberly for her hand in marriage and the elder brother's like hey what uh, what is it with these older women like you need to have kids you're 33 what's going on you know the whole purpose of marriage is to procreate and he's like I know I know but that lady is gonna let me have uh another wife and he's like huh really she's gonna yeah yeah she's gonna let me have another wife and the brother's like well you need to just show that younger wife first before we allow you to marry the older first wife because this doesn't seem like it's going to work out at all. <laughs> yep. Which it isn't, you know, and he, she knows his brother. He like knew immediately. He's like, how old's this woman? And he's like, 51, you know, like, I love it. <laughs> then we cut to Kim Bali, honey. She's driving around and this really irked my bones. Look at her steering wheel. Can that can't possibly be useful or, or, or comfortable. I mean, listen, I'm in my car most of the time a lot. Sure. Not during COVID or whatever, but like I drive all over the place. Like I'm driving all over Southern California, honey, like beep, beep. And I couldn't have this bedazzled steering wheel with all them rhinestones just poking into my hands. How uncomfortable. Also then think about this. It's hot as hell. Then what the sun comes into your windshield and bounces off that stupid bedazzled no, a steering wheel, the <laughs> dazzled steering wheel. Like I can't even tell. I'll tell you right now in California, it is so hot that Juan and I were on the phone today and my phone was just sitting on my passenger seat. And like, you know, I'm like talking through Bluetooth because I like don't ever break the law ever. And my phone, just like the sun beaming down on my phone through the windshield made my phone overheat. And in the middle of my conversation with Wad just cut out. And I couldn't even call her back because I didn't have a phone. And that's what it's like to drive in Southern California and having this hot ass prickly ass steering wheel, like drove me crazy. That's all. I literally, I have to say about them. Well, I know there's more. The more things happened, but like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'll take it. I'll give it to you. This. Then she like goes and Jam- she goes and picks up Jamal. We get to see Jamal, which is great, and the grandma. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we get to see fine ass Jamal at the airport, and he is so excited to be finally back home. He hasn't seen his mother since the tell all a year and a half ago. Or is that a lie? Because that's what he says. That? He oh. says I haven't seen you in a long time. It's been a year and a half, or like, and I'm like, oh, then wow the tell-all was a long time ago like was it it can't be it was just a couple months ago i don't know anyways so they get back to the house the next day he's doing some work around the house like planting some shit in his like white air force ones and his mother tells them that them being his grandmother and him that she wants to propose to uzman and the boy's like hey why why aren't isn't he supposed to do that and she's like well he's shown me so much love so i want to show him love too and i said oh wow we're watching the portrait of a desperate woman Mm -hmm. this woman is 51 years old she does not need to prove to anybody her love about shit she doesn't need to get him a visa she doesn't need to do anything she just needs him to fly into the u.s whenever he can so that she can get a little sum or he needs to meet her in, I don't know, the Maldives or something. He needs to like meet her somewhere, pay for half of her ticket, and then just bang her out and send her home. Like that is what she needs. <laughs> banging banging out is specifically what she wants and yeah, needs. And yes. I don't know what she this is, I mean, I get in trouble a lot from Chris audience because sometimes I want to pay for a man's meal. 
because I feel like, damn, does he have to pay for every single meal? And Chris gets so irrationally upset with me. Like I am breaking some, like, like what I want to do is just so ridiculous. She can't even fathom it. And all it is, is just me like wanting to like make somebody feel loved and special the way I feel loved and special when when they pay for my meal or take me out. So I understand the want to do this. However, this is a this is a step too far. She's not paying for a meal for somebody. She is paying in like K1 visa money as well as a wedding money and like to show what this man is not going to be with you. Don't try to tempt him with the visa to come to the US as a way to like show your love. It's it looks it's just it's so desperate. I completely agree. It's confusing. It's confusing to me again that she's like, I have to show him my love because he showed me his, like how much he loves me. And I was like, how has he showed you that he loves you by telling you that he loves you? Because girl, you brought a PlayStation 2 and a computer to show your love. What has he done for you besides tell you that he loves you? Like, well, sincerely, whatever. Like what would make you know that a man has showed you that he loves you without saying, like, you can't say that he told you that. He would need to do like a trifecta of things. One, okay. he would need to listen to me like rant and rave about whatever and be supportive of me of that. Uh-huh. Two, he would need to purchase something big for me, like a necklace or something that I would like, like a big purchase. Like, like, like I don't know, something I spent. He would have to spend a certain amount of money on me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it. Um, on a gift. And mm-hmm. then three, like when we have sex, he would have he would have to actually like worry about my orgasm. <sighs> I love you. Yeah. I get that. I get that. I think that for me, it would be, I would know that a man loves me when his, when he is only too happy to make his happiest plans include me because in his mind, either I'm his best friend or he's happier. Like he, like to me, it's like, oh, I want to do this thing, you know, like, and I need you there. Like, it won't be this, won't be this thing unless you're there. Like you're the person I want to be with in this situation. You know, like that would make me feel really loved oh that's sweet i just think that men are selfish and liars and that they would want anyone to be there at that thing and then it would just like make me think that and so i don't trust it i need three things at the same time that's why you don't pay for their meals wah anyway (laughs) okay listen we're gonna we're moving on okay okay You're right, Wa. You're absolutely right. I'm gonna surprise Wa with my next pick, which is let's get these people out of the way. Yara Just, and Jovi. Say it, Wa. People. Yara it. and Jovi. Oh no, but Jovi. So they take Myla, honey, and they put Myla like, you know, in a tutu and like a billion bows and then go to a winery and like Joey puts Myla in the car seat. He's like, Myla, are you ready to go? And I'll just tell you right now, Myla and I are here to tell you, no, she was not, (laughs) not ready to go. She was very happy with all these bows in her, like in her hair and like about to eat like a vanilla sandwich cookie, you know, living her life, babes. And she does not want to be strapped in the back of this jalopy and be taken to like a winery no anyway and yara's like jovi how is this me time for you and me when myla's here no so like we're really starting to see that yara is a little bit interested in getting someone else to watch myla for a bit like she is like she's like listen i gave up my body for the last 17 months Mm -hmm. i'm good I'm good Mm -hmm. on this little girl. Like, she's cute. I love her to be pieces and I would kill for her. However, I would also kill if someone could just take her for five hours a day. (laughs) Yeah. Also, Myla's in this age where, like, Myla's not giving any attention to anyone. Myla's very dependent, like, running running around. So, like, yeah, you don't need that baby all the time. Yeah, they go to the winery and there's a little confessional where, you know, she is also talking, she's talking and, you know, Joby's like, yeah, you know, my mom thought that, like, when you and I first got together that like, I shouldn't trust you because you could like try and like cut out one of my organs and like sell it. She's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, but you did say that if I cheated on you, that like you would cut off my penis. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely would with a very blunt, dull, dull knife, honey. Like, you know, I mean, it's not gonna be quick like Army Hammer, honey. I will cut it off and I will feed it to the, do- to the dogs. You'll never yeah, see so it like, again. You can never get it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you think that's fair? I feel that's fair, right? Oh yeah, because that was the problem with Bobbit. You know, like <laughs> not to bring it back, honey. She cut off his penis and somehow it was around that he got to just tie it back and then go into <laughs> porn. Horrible. 
that's true. John, <laughs> John Bobbitt, after his dick was cut off, went into porn because people were like, you got to see if it still works, you know? And the, I don't know why it still worked, you know? Like, le we learned, though, you know? Like, you got to, you know, they say that Russian mafia people, like, the way they get rid of bodies is, like, they'll just, you just go into a bathtub, honey, and they'll just, like, pour a bunch of, like, acid on you and just, like, go down the drain. It's, like, a great way to, like, get rid of a dick, I think. <laughs> oh, what? No. So we can find out that Gwen and Yara have not spoken in, like, six months. In fact, Gwen hasn't spoken to neither Yara or Jovi for over six months because Jovi, like a bull in a china shop, went at his mother in a way that probably didn't need to happen to where Yara is a little, like, frustrated with him. So apparently one day when Jovi comes home from the oil rig or wherever he is, that he she tells him that Gwen hasn't been coming to see her and it's or it's not often enough or she's just stopped or like whatever right and how frustrating that had that was for her this last round because she needs help and she needs support and so Jovi takes it upon himself to like call his mother and chew his mother out on Yara's behalf like why aren't you coming out and helping and whatever their conversation ended up being she is not now, now not talking to them. And my thought was, did you guys go to her like stupid entitled people and were like, why, why aren't you coming to visit um, Yara? You know, she's by herself. Like just, you need to come and help her. Like, no, no, Yara chose to live wherever it is that she's living. She moved away from Louisiana and went somewhere else. Like uh, not Louisiana. She left Bourbon or she left New Orleans. She left New Orleans and then went to live somewhere else. My thought is if you truly wanted Gwen's help, you would have moved closer to Gwen because now Gwen has to travel three hours to get to you. And like, that's, that's weird. That's weird. So I'm like, what was the conversation about? I don't truly know. We don't know. And then in the next sneak for the next episode, we see Gwen saying that, listen, I love being a grandmother, but I'm not a nanny. So I'm like, what was the conversation? What did they, what is the expectation of her? And you know, the truth is, is like, yes, yes, Yara, your mother might have done that for you, but there are some mothers who once they had their one child or their three, as soon as, as soon as the third child was 14, they were basically done and they didn't want to do all that anymore. They were over it. And maybe that was Gwen's story. She only had one kid. And maybe she's just like that one child, like once Jovi got to a certain age, she was like, hallelujah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's also like an ethnic cultural thing. You know, I think that definitely there are cultures where like when there's a baby, like there's aunts and uncles and grandmas. And so I think Yara's like, I don't get it. Like I wanted her to come over to the house so I can go get my nails done, you know, like, and I don't understand why she wouldn't want to come hang out with you know, like her grandchild, her only grandchild, like in my, in her, in, I think in Yara's mind, it's like she should want, she should be like aching to play with this baby. What is this woman doing in her life that she is like, not like, how busy is this woman that she doesn't want to hang out with her new grandbaby? That's yep. what I think it's coming from. And yeah, like Jovi's mom is just like super American or super independent or super whatever, which is like, yeah, well, I want to come hang out with the baby, but I think you should be there when I'm hanging out with the baby. I'm not coming to hang out with the baby and then you leaving. Like, no, I'll hang out with the baby and you're here too. And maybe we grab lunch and like, you know, I spend, you know, three hours and I drive three hours. You know, I think that that's the difference. And from that point, because I, I think that, you know, I think that whatever, I think that to me, I agree with Yara. <laughs> I agree with Yara. I'm like, Jovi's mom, what are you doing? Like, this is your grandbaby. Like, you should be only too happy to be like, Joe, let me come see her. I want to see her. Like, or like, can I come take her here? Can I bring her to my house? Or like, you know, like, why don't you bring her to my house with all the little play pens and you go on a weekend or whatever? Like, I, to me, I am weirded out that Jovi's mom is like, oh, I'm not a nanny. Like, no, you're the grandmother. Yeah. And I, I see what you're saying. And I think that as much as I agree with you, I know that that wouldn't be my experience. One. Oh, Two, I know. Mine, mine either, honey. Please. Okay. <laughs> Two, that I have to leave space for grandmothers to not want to do that. It is just some women, like, it's the same thing with having kids. It's there are some people who, women who want kids and there are some women who don't. There are some women who wanted kids and had them and then realized, hey, this might not have been for me. So as soon as they turn 18... I'm going to tell them that they're going to have to figure it out because I'm done with that part of my life. I'm done 
like thinking of you first. I need to think of me now. And I have to respect a woman's autonomy with that. And so with that means that even though I agree with Yara, I have to respect the fact that Gwen is like, that's not my ministry. So the fact that you want me to spend like two weeks out of the month here, or you want me to drive up whatever amount of time, like, no, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to do that. You know, I think, yeah, I think it's just triggering for me in a lot of ways. And so I get what you're saying, but I don't respect it. I'm like, yeah. to me, it's like, yeah. what is you family is the most important thing. You know, to me, it's like, you're, you'll never, babies are the cutest at this moment. I don't know why. I think Myla has like a little bit of an attitude adjustment. I think people would want to hang out with her more. Mm-hmm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't listen. That's just a joke. Okay. That's my bitter, bitter. That's a bitter truth. Just kidding. It's not, it's a bitter cap, uh, but whatever. God bless. I think that the truth of the matter is like, there's some cultural differences. And I think that, but I, and at the end of the day, yeah, like there's a little baby and she's only be a little baby for like X so many years. You don't know how fast it's going to go. Like you don't want to have a, you don't want, I don't know. I didn't like it. You know, like I thought it was gross, but I think that I'm very traditional and old school in that kind of way. So I see it. I feel it. All right. Let's move over to my favorite couple. Let's talk about something interesting and let's go on to, Jenny and Sumit. But this time, Chris, I want you to give me your fast take on what you thought of this whole entire scenario. Okay, so um, the mom obviously is crying. Uh, he, um, he's done everything to make her life a living, painful hell from the moment that he was born. It was a horrible birth, honey. I mean, he wouldn't come out. He stretched her vagina, like probably tore the vagina Ooh. to the asshole, like one big hole. She hated him from probably that moment. And from that moment, he maybe had a colic as a baby and then he was always crying. She could never sleep. And then he would just come home with like mischief and like, you know, you know, you know, just like black, black and blue bruises. And just like, he never knew what was going to happen with this one. And just, she, he has pained her entire life up to this moment. So Maybe like, <laughs> yeah. Sumit's mom is like, and it doesn't stop now. You are just the worst thing that's ever come out of me. You know, like Kim Bali is like, oh, Jamal is my biggest biggest accomplishment. She says that this episode. And Sumit's mom is like, you have been my most painful disappointment. <laughs> and I see your face and I'm like, you're everything wrong in this world. That's what it feels like. So she is going through it, you know, like, she's like, you won't be invited to our funerals. And it's like, first of all, you you know, girl, you wouldn't be dead. So like who, okay, you're fine. I mean, if he wants to come to your funeral, he's going to, because no one's going to stop him, especially not you, honey, you'll be underneath the ground. So uh, she's like, take all the love that you would have for me, your dad, your sister, your brother, just give it all to Jenny. Just take it all. Just like, I hate you. You know, it's just like so crazy. And then like uh, sis- the sister-in-law, like, wants to know why he didn't tell them before he's like look are you fucking are you this also i didn't, didn't feel like i had to tell him because they've been on seven seasons of something called 90 day fiance and at some point i thought they would look up what the goal of this show was i don't know or maybe saw an episode <laughs> I I've been on it for so long so i didn't think i had to and then oh um like yes you know your decisions will have a huge impact on them because people will make fun of them and i'm like oh they've already been making fun of again do you know you're on a show like do you guys not have social media there like it's crazy to me and then the moment they like leave and Sumit like then tries to run out and have like a hold his mom like you know and she like sort of hugs him but it's still like I'm mad at you it's like you know it's very manipulative like the Sumit's mom has like an emotional manipulation on Sumit like no other like talk about someone who is like psychotic and then the minute he gets back inside Jenny's like I don't know why I gave her that accent, but just like, don't you know that like I'm like very, very emotional and no one cares? Why am I here? No one cares. <laughs> you know, you're just like, she goes off. And so like, Sumit's like, I just literally got disowned by my parents and like, you are giving me like, you are not giving me a painful birth, honey. You know, like, listen, at the end of the day, I want to, I want Sumit's mom to know that any torture that she's given him that don't worry he's picked a woman an older woman that's going to torture him as well so it's a whole cyclical cycle that's that's redundant but yeah i love when he's like every time you get mad i have to pamper you and i'm like what do you do rubber feet honey i mean would pamper pamper means i go to a spa like are you about to like give her a facial like pamper i don't know if that's the word choice why okay that's all i have to say about them what are you gonna say about them okay so What we're witnessing right now is a complete cultural shift on what role a mother plays in a son's life. 
we are unable to understand the shame that this woman is going through because as an American culture society, we don't truly understand how deep rooted Sumit's choice of Jenny is and, and, and how, because she's can't have kids. Like, I honestly think it's because she cannot have kids and it's like embarrassing. It's like, it's just as embarrassing, I guess, if he, I don't know, I don't know. It's it's like deep-rootedly embarrassing, and it makes her look like she wasn't a good parent, and she didn't raise her kids correctly. Mm-hmm. And so there is, is all of this, with, there is all of this guilt wrapped up in the fact that his mother is now unhappy, and she's there, the social nexus of the family, and now it has been ruined. And she's gonna lie and deny and say that she didn't say that she d- didn't love her, which is like, again, a person like Shida who now cannot be trusted because you don't remember things that you did and said. And, or you don't remember events happening in the way that the camera caught it happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, the way she's talking to her daughter-in-law and her son-in-law is like Sumit isn't even there. She's basically disowning him and say, don't even come to our funerals from now on. You're dead. You chose this woman over your entire lineage and your ancestors. So go on ahead and be with her. And he just sits there and he takes it. And then the brother and the sister-in-law are looking at him like, Hey, your choice to marry Jenny didn't just fuck up mom and dad. It also fucked us up too. Like, and our ch- our child is going to suffer because everyone's going to know that the eldest son of our family married an old white lady. So like you didn't you didn't think about us at all. And the truth is is that he did and he couldn't be unhappy for them. And the problem is is that Sumit won't just take Jenny and go. He still wants to be niggling around in the family and that's the issue. If he just said, "You know what? I love you and I love her." And in order to make this better, I'm going to sacrifice my presence in your lives and I'm going to move with her elsewhere. I'll still contact you, but I'm not going to embarrass you in front of everybody. You just tell the family that I moved to L.A. or like just make something up. Tell them that I'm gone and I don't want to do this to the family. It's because he wants to be there and he wants them to invite Jenny to things and he wants to have his cake and eat it, too. And he can't. And that's the problem. But also. I don't know if Jenny thought that they were sitting back talking about her, but he had to walk his parents out. Like he had to walk them out after they were so upset. And he could have said to her, Jenny, hold on, let me just walk them out. Like this, this just went bad. I'll explain to you what happened. He didn't say that. So I could understand her being a little frustrated. But the fact is, is that when he sat down and was like, Hey, like, let's talk about this. She didn't even want to talk about it. She didn't even give him the opportunity to truly say what had happened and explain to her that they just disowned him and they just said that he couldn't attend their funeral. So I didn't understand her blowing up. I mean, I understood it from a perspective of somebody who was just thinking that this was all about her and that it was the exact same scenario. And like, you know, as it was before. And her response was was like, I told you not to tell them anything like, no girl, that's not the response either. In this moment, he has just gotten disowned. So You can feel however you want to feel, but you have to understand that he's going through it too. And that moment where he, like a movie actor, I mean, I felt like I was watching a Bollywood film when he got on his knees in front of her and like grabbed her face and was like, no, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. But what you don't understand right now is that like, that I'm going through it too and I need your support. When he did that, I said, oh, this man loves her. You just roll your eyes, Chris. Go say what you say. No, he does love her. I mean, he hasn't bought her anything expensive, but maybe, but he's definitely playing his whole life with this woman like their best friend. So yeah, he he does. She showed it. Yeah, I, you know, I it, she reminded me of like a child, like a toddler that like hears like a bunch of commotion and like sees a bunch of kids crying and then starts crying, but doesn't know why she's <laughs> crying. You know, to me, I'm also just like, why did you just get out of the? I mean, the minute people started screaming at each other again, I don't know what it is. I obviously listen. I'm a, I like will just run from confrontation. I think I've made that perfectly clear. But again, if I was her and I, you know, they're obviously screaming and crying and the one I'm crying, I'd be like, just check on the chai. You know, I would just fucking leave. <laughs> Also, I want to say one thing. I need to go back to Jovi and Yara and say one thing. I loved it. Or I didn't love it. But like, remember when Jovi was like, 
I like fake boobs. They're having the, the boob conversation about how you are. He's like, oh, I like, you know, I like fake boobs. And I don't want to be, I wrote down like breaking news. Jovi likes fake boobs. Who would have guessed it? That like Jovi's ideal woman would have like just basketball hard round high stripper titties. Yeah, of course you like fake boobs, boo. Oh. The yeah. way that Yara says Pamela too, she's like, I don't want to look like Pamela, Pamela. I don't want to look like Pamela Anderson. And I was like, who's Pamela? Yeah, yeah, who, yeah. I, who, if only if if I hadn't heard the last name Anderson, I wouldn't have known what she said. Also, like, what a reference. Like, what an aged, old, dogged. 30 year old reference. Well, like Michael Jackson, all you know, God bless people, you know, like we've we've moved on and but yeah, like the Michael Jackson reference. Yes. I Who knew that uh, Pamela Anderson's like titties reached across, you know, the ocean, the land and the generations. Oh, they absolutely did. But I think that's all we have unless you have anything else to say cuz I know I dropped back and cuz I forgot I wanted to just remark on that conversation I just thought and it's like lol to me like yeah jovi we know that you like fake boobs come on you are yeah. you are no, that's it. you are <laughs> you're a big hard booby you know like come on all right i i really thought this was a fun conversation uh we just kind of just let each other like just talk about the meaty part of whatever happened <laughs> as opposed to like my methodical outlining of a, 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 every moment that happened throughout every segment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm, it felt good and short and sweet, even though we were over, you know, by seven minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't. We love you guys so much. And we want to invite you to have even more of our love. Listen, our love don't cost a thing unless you want sex and that costs things. Okay, let me tell you about that. I'll break that metaphor down. Love don't cost a thing. You're listening to this podcast. We're so thankful that you are. Thank you so much. Share it with whoever you want. I don't know. God bless. If you want to rate us five stars, we will absolutely take it. There is more content, free content to be had. You can go onto our social medias like DocuSweeties on Instagram, DocuSweeties2 on TikTok. We have a Twitter and we have, I don't know if we have a Facebook, but I really need you to just go to the Instagram. That's where the love is at. That's the free love. Now, if you want sex, you have to buy us dinner, okay? That's fine. You have to buy us dinner. But listen, we are cheap. We I will eat Taco Bell for four weeks in a row and it's only going to cost you $10. And that's, if you go, where, wa? to patreon.com slash docusweeties. If you would like to become a patron of us, you get more content, you get more information, you get to see our beautiful faces and the pictures that we put up. You get to see the unedited versions of the this podcast and we drop it as soon as it comes out. So right when I'm done filming this, I'm going to take this link and just go ahead and slide it on over to Patreon where our patrons can watch it for just the cheapest amount a month, which is $10 a month. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys so much for joining us. And we hope that wherever you're listening to this or whenever you're listening to this, that you're safe, happy, and having a great day. Yeah. All right. Bye. Like that. Bye. <laughs>